drama, comedy, two sides of the same coin. Riverdale wasn't just a teen dramedy, it was a study in teenage angst, yearning, and nostalgia. They didn't know it when they started on their journey, but Macintosh and Maude were on their way to a newfound obsession. Macintosh and Maude's chocolate shop was open for business. Riverdale, Season 1, Episode 8, Chapter 8, The Outsiders. Hoping to bring the Cooper family together, Veronica hosts a baby shower for Polly. Archie steps in to help his help la, 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 help after his dad's construction crew quits. Let's recap this recap. Fred's got money problems for Mighty Forge's signature. Polly's pregnant. FP likes to drink, but Jason's coat is in his closet. That's it. Yeah, it's pretty concise. Oh man, so much happened in this episode. That you didn't catch the first time around. Yeah, I was listening to it while I was at work, and I usually have my my screen down because you know I don't want I don't want people to you know know that I'm actually watching TV. <laughs> and you, I oh, you're not watching television at work. I'm listening to television at work. Yeah, which is no different than listening to this podcast. Hey, but I missed the like last twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. Like completely and there's a lot that happens in this episode except it starts off pretty exposition heavy yeah the cooper family's having a photo shoot well we're having it's a flashback photo shoot of course but jughead gives us some information mm-hmm. the coopers were high school sweethearts and they had kids and everything was happy until... But they were the Stepfords of Riverdale. Until Jason Blossom came along. Yeah, we get a little montage of, like, Jason and Polly, you know, getting together and then the breaking up and then making their plan to be together. Um, Jug, you know, Jughead's, you know, witnessing all of this supposedly in the, in the, um, the diner. Mm-hmm. And then we get to Polly talking to the sheriff. And she got sent away. And Jason... All of this is also revealed as Polly tells it, right? Well, no. Polly's then mm-hmm. saying, then saying, and that was the last time you saw him. Yeah, was when they made their decision. And, uh... Made their plan. Betty asks about the, the drugs. Mm-hmm. And Polly says, well, you know, he, he... We were getting away and he needed money, so... We he needed was, money. He was doing it one time, working yeah. with the serpents. And that car was everything I had left of Jason, including the ring. He was keeping it until we could be together. Somebody has that ring. Mm-hmm. That ring's coming back. Of course. That's Chekhov's gun. Chekhov's, <laughs> che- Chekhov's ring. Look, every time you've brought something up, it's always happened in the next podcast we record. Woohoo! It's so freaking, I'm a genius. It's so freaking annoying. I know. I didn't predict a lot of what happened in this episode, though, and I was very happy about it. Sometimes it's annoying to be really good at predicting stuff, because you're like, yeah, I knew it was going to happen. Well, that means that it's super predictable. That's the other part of that. Yes. But this is good, too. Um, so, in the meantime, there's some screaming after the questioning is over, and Archie and Jughead are playing video games. Yes, they are settling in very well to being roommates. Maybe a little too well. Yes. Because Fred walks up and immediately smells boy. He's like, oh, it's a little rank. You need to open a window. Which, yeah, I could see that being the case. This is a Jean-Paul Sartre joke. 
Or as hell. No, Archie. Hell is other people. Wow, that's a high... That is the high schoolest of high schooliest jokes. Okay, but that it's Jughead who says, says it, and that's allowed. Um, so they were like, yeah, it's like... Jughead says, you know, well, it's like we're college roommates. And Fred goes, what does that make me, the RA? And Archie <laughs> says, no, nah, you're the third roommate. Yeah. And then the whole thing is exposition. Yeah. This is a stupid scene. It's unnecessary, but it's, well, it, okay, it, it gets called back to at the very end. Yeah, I guess. It's, it's really funny fact that they do like being together. Like, they're enjoying living together. Well, more so when they start talking about Fred going to do construction in the morning. Yeah. Which is just like, we all know this already. This is your job, dude. Tomorrow's groundbreaking. Did we we forget in a week? Yes, we did. Because I'm thinking, I know we're binge-watching this. Some people would have watched this live. But even then, in a week we've forgotten that he's got this big, giant construction deal. We're not even really binge-watching. I know that. Because I would like to. (laughs) But we're not. So, um, we cut to school, and they're in the gathering area. We need a name for this place. Uh, it's, it's just like the student lounge. But we need a well, good name a, for it. It's a dog house. It's the dog house because they're bulldogs. Or the, or the dog pound. No, it's a dog house. Okay. That's, they wouldn't call it the pound if it was the school. Well, you never know. There would well, be a different place that we Okay, well, so in my high school, our mascot was the Mustangs. And so the quote the not official cafeteria was called the corral. Oh, we had the courtyard. And then at our sister school, there the Eagles, their their similar place was called the the, the nest. It was the Eagles Nest. Oh. So that made sense. So this is okay, we're gonna call this the doghouse. <laughs> Student Lounge is the doghouse because they're the bulldogs. There we go. That makes sense. I like that. It works. See way better than the Commons. I mean, it's, it's a student lounger. Okay, so so they're all 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 of our major players are in there. Kevin Keller calls them child snatching blossom monsters. No offense, Cheryl. None taken. Well, <laughs> she's no. She says none taken. She Cheryl is more aware of what her family looks like than like she gets. Her parents are evil. And also, Cheryl doesn't look like a vampire for once in this scene. No, she's a little more ch- mellow this episode. Sort of. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're just. I forget what they're talking about. Here. Betty is laying out oh, yeah. the problems, and so Jughead summarizes it. So your parents want Polly, but not the baby, and the Blossoms want the baby, but but not Polly. That's a Gordian knot. Yep. And I okay, um, I don't know what that is a reference to. I don't specifically know. Okay. I know it's a math thing. Gordian knot is supposed to be an unbreakable knot. That makes it. Oh, yeah. It's an impossible situation. Yes. That makes... Okay, now now I remember. We could have just said Kobayashi Maru and gotten over this. Please tell me you know what that is. Of course I know what that is. Okay. Well, you made a face like you didn't. No, I didn't. I was thinking through how Kurt gets out of the Kobayashi Maru. (laughs) (laughs) That's where my brain went. It's a Star Trek reference for those of you who are not uber, uber nerds. There you go. Um, Veronica replies... That an impossible situation is being invited to the Vanity Flare Barf Oscars party, Oscar party, and the Elton John part uh, Oscar party on the same night, and Kevin's face is like, <gasps> and she goes, "I know it happened to me." <laughs> I love Kevin Keller. He is my favorite person in the world. That line is dumb. That situation is stupid, but Kevin Keller makes it worth it. Oh, totally worth it. 
uh, Veronica suggests a baby shower. As her big idea to unify everyone, which is not a terrible idea. No. It, the, the, it's fraught. Betty's like, don't you want Polly to feel supported and loved? And Betty's like, yeah, ideally by her own parents. <laughs> it's pretty good. I was like, and uh, Jug is like, am I expected to be at this thing? And Veronica says, well, you are Betty's boyfriend. And everyone kind of just kind of tenses up, and Archie is not liking this. Mm-mm, nope. Not angry. He's not angry, but he's just like, this is uncomfortable. Yes. Which is fair. And Veronica's like, oh my gosh, you guys. It's a word that starts, starts with, with the letter B. B. It's cute. It's cute. And Betty's... Betty's doing her aw shucks routine. And Jughead's trying not to like sh- do a shit-eating grin. <laughs> but it's in there. And then Alice walks in. She's like, you! You! And you! And she's pointing to Betty and Veronica, come with me! Well, she calls her Elizabeth Cooper. Oh, I didn't, see, I didn't <laughs> get that. Yeah, she's, she calls Betty by her entire name. Mm-hmm. And then points you and you. And Veronica's like, what? Me? So they go, uh, well... We go to the construction site, and uh, Fred's getting ready to go out to work, and the foreman walks in and says, uh, my crew, I'm pulling my crew. Clifford Blossom offered me two years' work guaranteed, and I can't pass that money up. And neither can my guys. And Fred doesn't even try. He's just no. like, okay, no. No, he gets it. He knows what's going on. He's pissed, but mm-hmm. he can't, he this can't is, do this anything. This is supposed to be groundbreaking guys. day. He's yeah. supposed to start. And he doesn't have a crew anymore. Uh-uh. So um, now we cut to a classroom where Alice has the two, the two girls behind desks, and um, I like the whole nice whole cup sleeve for the coffee cups they have. Yeah. <laughs> because those actresses wouldn't, those actresses had to have actual coffee. So. Yeah. Not necessarily. There could be water in there. It could be Diet Coke. Could they just not get their hands on blank coffee cups? Um. I don't know. Maybe they they want it to look as though it's Starbucks cup, but they can't. They don't. They can't pay for the Starbucks logo to be in there. Who knows? Whatever. I don't. That's that stuff doesn't bother me. It was weird. But anyway, but Betty. I mean, all you need to know for this scene is Betty shows down with her mom on Polly and the baby. Alice thinks a baby shower is inappropriate, and Betty basically says, "This isn't your choice. Your choice is whether or not you want to be involved in Polly's life." And that's it, and that's very true. Alice's point, Alice's point is more: she's not in my home; she's in Hermione's home in your house, Veronica, doing all of this stuff. She, Alice, really doesn't like the situation. That's a valid. That is the valid part of this argument: of this is my daughter. What is she doing in your mom's house, doing this stuff? Mm. She brings up better points later. Yeah, well, I like how Betty just cuts her off and. Just- you know, she's just like, you need to make a decision. You're either going to be in part of your daughter's life and your grandchild's or not, which is true. Because Polly's keeping the baby. That's been decided. That's done. And Veronica gets a shit-eating grin for being satisfied with her solution. Mm-hmm. Which is like, get, get over yourself, girl. <laughs> so Fred can't get anybody to talk to him. Can't get a crew. He's trying to get just a couple guys to get started. And he's getting beers, which is not usual for Fred Andrews. Yeah, we're seeing Fred drink a lot this episode. Not to excess, but he's coping. He's stressed. He's stressed. And Archie 
is like, Dad, you've got to tell me what's wrong. He's like, everything's fine. Uh, you went on a date with Val. Well, how'd that go? Um, Valerie mm-hmm. keeps not showing up in episodes. Well, she was in this one. I know she was in this one. Barely. This is his girlfriend. Why are we not seeing it? Because there's bigger things going on, and the con- and the conflict that he's having over Jughead and Betty being together is way more interesting than his relationship with Val. So why even bring it up? Um, because it's also it's a hurdle for him being with Betty. Like it's gonna come up. That's probably gonna be the reason why him and Val break up later. Is that he is so preoccupied with Jughead and Betty's relationship that he ignores Val. Like, it's gonna be... It's, it's, it's But Val should be in every scene with him. She's not. That's, no, she doesn't. Well... He, he, she does not need to be in every scene. It's weird. She should have been in the student lounge scene. Exactly! She, sh- she should have been. Well, no, I get, like, not in every scene, yes. But that, if he's in the student lounge, she's not there. And in the past episodes, we've had that issue, too. He's talking about his girlfriend. The last time we really saw her with any screen time was the one when she broke up with the Pussycats. But for now, for two episodes... Okay, that was two episodes. That was episode six. Mm, it's still weird. Okay, she... It she makes was... me think there's something behind the scenes going on that is forcing her off screen. No. That's stupid. Or just bad editing. Which is entirely I... possible. Whatever's going on in their relationship is not interesting, so that's why it's not on screen. I don't care. Clifford Blossom is poaching every construction person he can find. Okay. Basically, Fred tells Archie that the business is in trouble, and Archie's like, Dad, I'm going to help you figure this out. Uh, yeah. No secrets in the Andrews house. Yeah. Riverdale. <laughs> Which, is this, is this, this feels like the most awkward scene I've seen between those two. Normally, everything feels right on, and this, and this, and some other scenes in this episode just go, this is weird. Because the dynamic has shifted. Um, in the scenes in this episode, there are more situations where Fred is hiding something and Archie is trying to be the grown-up. That's why it feels weird. It's fine. Some of the dialogue's a little cheesy, especially in one particular scene. But that's where that's why it feels off, because that dynamic is, has shifted. They've switched. Okay. Because in the past, it's always Archie's not telling his dad something. I guess the part that felt off for me was that it then it felt cheesy and not just I mean this scene also felt cheesy no. to me. And that was why it was throwing me off. Mm-hmm. I don't know, things early on in this episode threw me off a lot. Um so we're at Hermione's mm-hmm. and they're asking Polly, you know, what she wants with the shower. Polly says, Well, you know, I want my mom there. And the Blossoms. And the Blossoms. And everybody goes... And well, first, Betty and Veronica go, Oh, yeah, sure, I'll totally be invited. No, I want... I want Mrs. Blossom. And they're all too. like... Uh, okay. Uh-huh. And then Hermione brings Veronica out. She goes, is, I am not happy about the Blossoms and Coopers being in the house. They're like the Hatfield and the McCoys. You want to bring them into our pre-war apartment? <laughs> it's going to be a bloodbath. <laughs> Um, she's really worried that the Blossoms are going to figure out that Hiram is the per- the buyer of the land. Because that's, that is, I mean, that's not her first concern, but that is definitely part of it. That's a, that's a bigger concern. And, and back in that tradition of, hey, we got to take care of ourselves here, okay? Well, it's fair. It's kind of like, oh, I didn't realize that the Blossoms would be in my home, too. Because, yeah, that's, that's not good. And then, you know, moreover, it's just like, also, they're just terrible people. Oh, yeah, they're all horrible people. And so she was like, you know, it's like... And, uh, 
is is Alice even going to come? And Veronica says, well, Mom, I was thinking maybe you talk to Alice like mom to mom. And, and Veronica just like, looks and goes, oh, yeah, no. No, Hermione's just like, oh, yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> she really laughs at all. It's pretty good. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. This is cute. It's she, cute she, she tries She tries None to just of the be a parents mom. like each other. Well, she tries to be a mom so much of this time and just, like, you know, be a very mom-type character. And this one, she just drops all pretense. She's just like, uh-uh. No. And, you know, Veronica still needles her into it. And Hermione just gives her this look of, are you seriously going to make me do this? Really? Yep. We're outside Thornhill, and Cliff Blossom is about to drive out of his house when Fred... Parks in front of him. He he he's there to confront him. Calls him a pompous ass. And is like, you know, what are you doing ripping my guy or you know, pulling my guys from construction? And Cliff says, Well the land belonged to my family and we started our maple empire there. Oh my god, if this stays the logic. Yeah. Basically Cliff is trying to bleed Hiram without knowing it's Hiram dry. So he's halting construction, he's screwing over Fred and so Fred is like I'm gonna come is like if you don't stop I'm gonna come after you with everything I got and Clifford says and what exactly is that and uh, so then they they leave mm-hmm. they both leave and then we switch to the construction site and Fred is complaining to Hermione about it and Hermione's like does does he know who the purchaser is she's really bad at yeah she's, telegraphing anything going on in that situation yeah. it's a good thing Fred's kind of oblivious he's deadly do right. <laughs> And, um, so they, you know, they're going through this conversation of, yeah, he's in in the dark as we are. I got no idea. And then they hear a car pull up. And some rustling, and they go out, they're like, what now? And they go outside, and Archie and some of his friends have come to help work for Fred. No, the kids are going to crew the construction site. So it's Archie, Kevin, Moose, Jughead, and a kid who I'm referring to as Redshirt, because we don't know his name, and we haven't seen him before. He's a football player. We know that. Yeah, he's on the football team, and I'm just calling him Redshirt. I'll call him Friend of Moose. One name. No, he's just Redshirt. Friend of Moose. He's Redshirt. And so as they're Here walking... Here we go. Redshirt Friend of Moose. <laughs> That's his full name. Yes. <laughs> he sounds like he's a first American. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 okay. We're horrible um, people. Uh, but not I, I fully can be as awesome as Kevin so they're all walking away well, well hold on because we get we get Moose says they're bruiser studs at least yeah. some of us whatever but as yes so they're all about to go work and as they walk away Kevin Kettler looks at Hermione doesn't say anything but he voices and just goes I love your boots he's mouthing and pointing at her feet I love your boots <laughs> it is so we both missed it the first time that we watched it so we're it's very funny <sighs> We love Kevin Cutler. <laughs> Alice and Hermione are at Pops, and it's grown-up B and V. Kind of, yeah. And basically, um, Hermione's like, "So, what's the plan for Polly?" And Alice says, "I want my family back together." And Hermione's like, "Well, you need to be there for Polly, or you'll regret it the rest of your life." And Alice starts bringing up legit points here of like, "Yeah, she's she's a teenager." Yeah. She hasn't finished high school. The father of the baby is dead. And murdered. After, and after this baby shower, those things will still be true. So, how am I supposed to be excited about this? 
Yeah, but after after Hermione talks, you can see Alice softening a little bit. Yeah, well, you can see her softening kind of throughout this whole process, but you know, this is this is that point where she, she brings it back to reality. None of this is like good mm-hmm. at all. <laughs> um, and you know, basically, I don't. Know. Uh, we cut back to the construction site. Uh, <laughs> Red- Moose and his friend are walking around. Red shirt friend of Moose uh, looks over and says, uh, "Hey, you're, you're looking pretty good there, Keller. We should get you on the football team." <laughs> Kevin says, "I prefer my contact sports more one-on-one, like boxing." <laughs> uh, and then uh, Moose is like, "This beats uh, working out at school." Uh, I, would this scene work better if it was the whole football team? They needed like another two guys making some comments. Yeah, just just they needed they needed a few more people, um, and then uh, Jughead doesn't have a shirt on. No, he's wearing a wife beater. <laughs> he's he's not as buff as Archie is. No, but he's not like. Well, he looks good from a distance, and then they cut up close, and it was like eh, this is weird. His arms are all right. He eh. does he doesn't have a six pack. But he also hasn't been working construction all summer. No. Um, the There's a little exchange for two of them. Archie's just like, I did this all summer, remember? You know, my dad works so hard to provide for me. The least I can do is is do this for him. I've got my dad's back. And Jughead says, My yeah, dad's got my back. I've got to have his. And Jughead says, Your dad has my back, too. Unlike some other people. Yeah, so Jughead's all in here, too. Mm-hmm. It's very cute. So the day ends, they're all headed inside, putting hard hats in, and uh, Moose goes like, oh, I forgot my phone outside, I gotta go get it. He goes out, heads back over to get it, and he catches two hoodies smashing the electrical equipment. Yeah, they're they're, they're beating up, it looks probably the generator. And Moose goes over to uh, stop them, and they get the drop, and Mm. start beating the crap out of him with with the crowbars. Mm Mm-hmm. So, uh, the, all the lights start to flicker, everybody figures out what's going on, they run outside, or, and they hear some grunting. They run outside, they find Moose as the two guys are running away. Moose is beat up, but not bad. No, he's a little roughed up. It's a little weird for two guys with crowbars. Yeah, well, they, they need to rough him up and not kill him. Yes. Um, they call the sheriff, sheriff shows up. Fred... Let the sheriff know, hey, this is because of Blossom, so I bet this is the Blossom guys. Sheriff, he's like, I don't think, you know, I don't think Clifford's going to hire guy. guy. He's, he's way He's not going to hire, he's way too busy to hire thugs to come after, you mm-hmm. know, your construction site. Uh, Archie, there's a lot of crosstalk, but Archie suggests, hey, maybe it was the serpents, you know, we're building on their land, and Jughead pipes up and goes, the whole time I was working at the drive-in, the serpents never even bothered him. Well, first, and first, Kevin Keller goes, the serpents? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh-oh, Kevin's, Kevin's worried about finding, his dad yeah. finding out. And and then Archie set Archie kind of gets in the sheriff's faces is, look, if Clifford was the one saying that the serpents did something, you'd go, you'd go do something. And Sheriff, Sheriff's just trying to keep his cool. Because he looks over and, because um, the, the last thing he does is he looks at Moose and he's like, did you get a look at him at all? And Moose mm-hmm. is like, I couldn't see him, it was dark. And he's like, I don't think we can do anything unless we can actually ID these guys. Mm-hmm. And Sheriff's right. He's like, look, I, I believe you, but I, I there's not much I can do until I know more. 
until, unless I can figure out who this is. Because that's right, they've offered two different explanations of who might have done this, and we don't know. Well, okay, they've offered that whoever did it was probably hired by Clifford, and um, and that it's possible that it's a serpent, so this could be the same two people. You think Sheriff's on the payroll? I don't think he's on the payroll, but he definitely answers to the Blossoms. as Like, it's clear. That's who he's he's worried about keeping happy. I don't think the sheriff is, like, really on the payroll. I don't think so. Polly's talking about the shower with Betty and Veronica. Mm-hmm. And um, asks if Mom is coming. And they go, she's been invited. And, pa- and Betty's just like, you know what? It's fine no matter what. Polly asks Betty to be her godmother. Aww. Or her baby's godmother, sorry. Veronica freaks out way too much. She's a little too excited about that exchange. I know. <laughs> it's not your sister. <laughs> it's a happy moment. Whatever. Um, we get one scene with Valerie where she's trying to talk Archie down. And Archie decides he's got to go do something. Mm-hmm. So he shows up at Pops where Veronica, Jughead, and Moose are. And they're, they're, and Jughead's telling them about what happened to Moose. And they're like, is he okay? And Jughead says, his name is Moose. He's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Archie barges in and is like, I've been texting you. What are you doing? And uh, basically points out that uh, Kevin's boyfriend can get us into a bar where the serpents are and we can get more information. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jughead is, you know real skeptical of this and getting real worried that Archie's going to find out something he doesn't need to know. Everybody's, you know, talking about danger and Betty brings up that the serpents are drug dealers. Jughead immediately (laughs) freaks out. Yeah, he's like, what? They're not drug dealers. Basically, Jughead doesn't want to go to the bar. Archie's mad at Jughead for not having his back. Mm Mm-hmm. And Jughead's just, he's not, he's not going to do it. He's not going. And uh, Archie, as he leaves, is like, thanks for having my back. Yeah. <laughs> so now, cut to Joaquin is walking Kevin Keller, Moose, and Archie over to, did you get the name of it? Because I got the name of it. No, what is it? It's the White Worm, but White, W-H-Y-T-E, Worm, W-Y-R-M. It's so dumb. It's a bad name. Well, inside the bar, they've got a they've got a terrarium with a white snake in there. They should just name a white snake. Well, that's a band, and they'd have gotten sued. Not necessarily. <laughs> Anyways, okay. So Joaquin's yeah, lead him through, and they go to play pool. And the Joaquin second... looks so much like John Hamm. Huh. He looks like a younger. Uh, yeah, he just looks like a younger John Hamm. Well, I mean, regardless, everybody is looking at them when they walk in the door. Mm-hmm. Because Archie has his Letterman jacket on. I know. Which is the dumbest thing like, to do. Come on. Going could into you a look, walk. Can you mo- look more like a child? For please? whatever reason, I found myself comparing this to the scene where Matthew McConaughey walks into the bar in True Detective. And was just like, at least that scene... He no. knew what the, oh no! It was, yeah, it was them. Woody Harrelson. I just it flashed in my mind for whatever reason. It's not the same scene at all because no. nobody would be this conspicuous in a bar full of bikers. No, 
Only children. Kevin Keller looks over at the terrarium and just goes, like, we're all going to die. We're all going to die. <laughs> and uh, so Kevin and Joaquin are playing pool and they're betting. And Kevin, you know, owes Joaquin money and he, he gives him the cash. He goes, I'm going to get this back. And Joaquin goes, you wish, preppy. <laughs> and so then there's some fighting and some scuffling. Well, Archie... Arch- Archie approaches somebody. Because Moose looks at the guy who's like, is that the guy who did it? And Moose is like, it's hard to tell. And so Archie taps him on the shoulder. Again, you're 16. How are you this dumb? Yeah. <laughs> um... He taps on a guy. The guy is a has a beanie, grizzled biker dude who's like, "Do you have a death wish?" So there's the, some fighting starts, and FP to the rescue. Mm-hmm. Calls down Mustang. So That's the name of the guy. Mustang, and he kicks all the kids, and they go outside. And FP, I mean FP, staring at him, which is this is just a whelp moment of epic proportions. Yeah. Um, they get outside, and all the boys are starting to leave, and he says, not you, Red, you stay. And the other boys leave. Archie, like, nods, and the other, and Moose and Kevin Keller are just like, run, run. Yes. Um, so Archie accuses FP, is like, you did this, you know, this is you trying to give back at my dad, and FP says, you've got a bigger imagination than Jughead, and that's saying something. He's like, you really think I'm trying to, I try to take down your old man? Yeah. It was like a cold. It was like and they better tr- watch out. And Fred's truck drives up. And Effie says, "I called him the second you stepped in the bar." Mm-hmm. Okay, in this scene, Fred's not drunk. He's not been drinking. Nope. He looks clean. Mm-hmm. Wait, FP? You mean FP? Yeah. You said Fred. Sorry. Yeah, FP's to- FP's stone cold sober at the bar. Yeah. That would make sense, honestly. It does. Because the bar uh, is work. It can be. Um, we'll talk about it more in later scenes. Mm-hmm. But uh, he is not how we saw him in the previous episode with Jughead. Ooh, at I all. think I know where you're going with this. Mm-hmm. We'll see where we we'll see where we get. Mm-hmm. Um, then we get to go to the baby shower. An hour ho- a cover of Our House is playing, which is a good play. So it's a it's a good cover. It's not a good cover. And Jughead, it should have been more upbeat. Okay, so this room this is way too glam a baby shower. It's Veronica I, and I, Hermione. I, I get it, but this this would make I would never go to this even if it was my own baby shower. It just wouldn't. So I had, I had a friend. They were at a one year old's birthday party that apparently had an open bar, and I was like, I was like, that's insane. The one year old, all one year olds can do is smash cake in their face. I was like, but if everyone's drinking, then no one will remember the party, including the one year old. <laughs> it's an excuse for a party. That was pretty funny. Okay. Though. Well, everyone's in these pastels, but you have Jughead who's in this dark maroon shirt, and he is carrying a tray of pastries, and he is holding it as far out from his butt. Like, I don't want anything to do with any of this <laughs> and he puts it down on the table and Betty's like oh thanks he's like I'm so, I know this isn't your scene and he says like I'm planning a baby shower that's on my bucket list and then they kiss it's really cute and then Alice walks in mm-hmm. and there's a moment and mm-hmm. Polly's super excited to see mom and Alice just says I'm, mm-hmm. I'm happy to see you and the baby I'm glad you're here and you're safe you and, you and the baby and you can tell she means it mm-hmm. and they hug and then the blossoms arrive. Cheryl just busts the door open. She goes, we're here! And there's, they are clearly doing a Rosemary's Baby homage. 
Because it's, it's, it's the old school Rosemary's Baby stroller. It's, I can hear the music behind. It's called a pram. La, 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 la. Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, it's a pram. And then she goes, I just request that you make me the baby's godmother. It's very... Okay. She, she points out it's very expensive. Yeah. <laughs> kidding. Not kidding. Not kidding. <laughs> um, Nana Rose is with them. And she's in an old-fashioned wheelchair. Like, seriously, what the fuck? <laughs> And like one one of the ones that someone has to push, like you can't really wheel yourself. Oh, she's been in one the whole time though. I know, but this one, it particularly in this scene, caught my eye that it's an old fashioned wheelchair, and she's got you know a bunch of Tiffany boxes. It's, no. All right, so we're back oh, at the bar. No, no, no. But then, oh, when Penelope comes in, she asks Polly to um, forgive her, and and you know she's happy to be there, or whatever. And Alice is like wants to lunge. And I probably, but Betty just like be nice. <laughs> just grabs her and goes, "Think happy thoughts." <laughs> it's very funny. Um, we're back at the bar. Fred and FP are talking. FP's just like, "Look, the serpents didn't do this." Mm-hmm. Okay. Let Let me ask around. And see, he's like, see "Maybe they, one of my guys did it on their own." Or they, I don't know. Or they know. Maybe they know something. And he just looks. He's like, and and he's like, "How bad is it?" And Fred's like, I could lose everything. Like, this is the worst it's ever been. And FP's just like, you're going to pull through, Fred. You always do. And I knew in that moment that FP was going to pull a bunch of serpents and bring them to the job site. Like, I knew. It was like, FP's going to end up being your crew. But he also he also looks over. He's like, probably keep an eye on that kid of yours, too. And Fred looks around, and Archie's not in the truck anymore. No. It's <laughs> pretty funny. Oh, Archie. Um, so we're back at the, the baby shower. Grandma Rose has crystals. She has this little crystal, and she's she's waving it over it, Polly's stomach. It senses stomach. the baby's aura. It tells you the sex. Chow <laughs> goes, Nana Rose has dementia and gypsy blood. <laughs> it's an accurate statement. <laughs> Nana Rose says it's twin, one of each. Twins? And Polly opens eyes real wide and goes, ooh. And Alice says this is occultism at its greatest and most lucratus. Lucr- ludicrous. And then just as Betty starts to roll her eyes. But I'm grateful to be here. But I'm grateful to be here. (laughs) That's sweet. (laughs) And there's present opening. Lots of snark going on. There's a a cute little sheepy mobile. I wanted sheep like that. They were cute. They were cute. Um, Alice gives Polly um, her old night light. She saved it for her so she could give it to her child. Which is very, it's very sweet. I mean, it is. It's a very sweet moment. Um... And then Archie crashes. He comes in and goes straight to Jughead. As the Blossoms are giving their present. Which is this weird carousel-like horse, which apparently was Grandpa Blossoms. Anyway, Archie's confronting Jughead. Your dad was a serpent? Which is like, Archie, Archie's doing the most dickish moves possible. Mm -hmm. Because he thinks he, he knows what he's supposed to be doing. And Jughead's trying to talk him down. Veronica finally intervenes. It was like, this is about Polly. Get this, out. This is not, yeah, y'all need to leave because this is not the place for this. We cut back to the ladies and um, Alice says to Penelope, like, do you think you can just waltz in here with this bed bug infested Trojan horse, wave a blank check around and steal my daughter? Well, because right before that, Cheryl just immediately pipes up and like, oh, Polly, come stay with us at, stay with us at Thornhill. Oh, yeah. And... Penelope says the offer is genuine and you know we want what's best for the baby 
Yeah. And that's when Alice just Alice goes can't, she can't contain herself. And anymore. Penelope's like, why is your own daughter not living with you? And then Polly gets up and says, like, y'all are the reason why Jason's dead. Like, all of this hate and this back and forth, it cost him his life. And then Polly leaves. Alice is genuinely, you know, she's hurt. upset. And Penelope, we can't read because she's a sociopath monster. Human. Yes. Not a real life form. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's after the shower. And Betty's just like, you have to go talk to her. Mm-hmm. And so Alice walks over and, um, you know, just just says, I'm sorry, but that woman. <laughs> yeah. And Polly, what does Polly say after that? She's just like, that woman didn't put me in a home. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you know, I felt all these things. And Alice said, I never wanted you to feel alone or unwanted or unloved. And I want you to come home. Mm-hmm. And Polly asks, well, what, what about dad? Is he going to try and make me another appointment? Alice didn't know anything about this. And it's very clear the implication is that Hal offered to get Polly an abortion. That he'd pay for it. He'd be happy for it. He wouldn't. He didn't want her to have to live with that mistake. He didn't just offer. He made the appointment. He made the appointment. Alice had no idea. And neither did Betty. So Betty is horrified. Betty's horrified. Alice is stone-faced. She is... Shocked. Shocked. No emotion, just seething. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, Polly's just like, he didn't even ask me what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Not cool, Dad. Fred's, Not cool. Fred's forlorn. So, no. So then we cut to, we're back at the Andrews house, and Fred is drinking at the kitchen table. Fred is forlorn. He's not feeling good he's Archie comes in Archie's, <laughs> you didn't even try to sneak in this time no Archie's like I'm sorry that I was trying to help and Fred's like it was reckless you know I tried to build a family that didn't work out and I'm trying to build a safe life and the jury's still on that Fred is feeling like a complete failure well you and, feel bad for and Fred. rather than and rather than being you do feel bad but rather than being a dad in this moment <laughs> all I put was like construction is all I know Archie that's all I know yeah that's all I know how to do and this Archie, is a dumb scene. It, it is a little bit, but Archie's like, you know, Dad, you do everything for me. And he goes, you know, one day... No. This, this is a little this cheesy. This is the stupidest part of the scene. No, but it's really sweet. So basically, Fred's... So sweet, it's dumb. Fred feels bad that he hasn't had a more successful life because construction is all he knows. And Archie's saying, you know, hey, you know, one day I'm going to have a kid and one of my kids hates music. And he goes, you know what, Dad? I want to build houses like Grandpa. I think that's pretty cool. And Dad, your legacy is my legacy. That's really sweet. It, it also The is, way the lines they used are really cheesy. It's also so saccharine. But it's saccharine. very sweet. It's so saccharine it makes me want to vomit. It's a dumb scene. Sorry. No, it just was. I think you're a little too cynical. Maybe. Maybe that's my feeling on this time. Because whatever, shit's about to pop off. Betty Betty goes to talk to Jughead. Polly's finally asleep, and gosh, what a mess. Is your dad really a serpent? And Jughead, why didn't you tell me? Jughead's like, I I was ashamed. And Betty's like, you can tell me everything. If we're going to be together, I want to know everything about you. And yeah, I'm like, it's sweet, but also cheesy. And so, but and so then Betty's we like, need to go talk to your. We dad. need to talk to your dad, so they leave. So we get to the trailer park, and FP's got a drink. Yeah. And as soon as the kids knock on the door, he's like trying to hide it. Yeah. So, is this where you want to talk about this? No. Okay, we'll get there then. Um, FP tries to hide the drink. Um, 
they and come he, in. And he's he's not drunk. No. But he's he's like having his evening nightcap. Of course. But that's what it is presented as. So they're walking in and he's like, Oh, let me uh let me make a space for you guys and he's shoving some stuff over on the couch and Jug's like, Well this isn't really a social call, Dad. Mm. He's like, Were you guys involved with drugs with Jason Blossom? And and if he's like, Where'd you hear that? and they're like Polly told the sheriff, so the sheriff knows my, now. My sister. So, <laughs> so then FP kind of cops to it, and he goes, you know. I mean, he tells him, he tells him the same story Polly told him, which is one time deal. He needed money, had to get away. When he didn't show up, we figured he took off with our stash until and, uh, he showed up with a bullet in his head. And so Jughead's just glaring. They're kind of making shifty eyes, and FP goes, "Is there anything else you want to ask?" And uh, he just has. He said, "Did you have anything to do with Jason Blossom's death?" And, uh, no, FP says, uh, after that, FP says, uh, is that what you really think of me? And Jughead says, it's the Dark Ages, Dad. I don't really know what to think. And FP says, I'm not a perfect man, but I'm no killer. And Jughead kind of, they, they leave. And Jughead doesn't, I feel like he doesn't really know how, how to feel about this. And so him and Betty kind of go back and forth. Do you believe him? Yeah. Do you? I believe you, Juggy. And then they kiss, and there's some really weird lighting, and it's way too... Lens flare! Yeah, it's just like... It's so J.J. Abrams. It's so bad. <laughs> Where the... Well, because when I... So when I first saw this, I thought, oh, a car's driving up. And then it never does. And I was like, what the... Where the fuck did the alien light come from out of nowhere? Yeah. It's dark in a trailer park. They didn't just pass upon a street light that flared onto the screen. Yeah. They had to consciously backlight that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alice walks uh, into her basement where Hal is watching the ball game and having a drink. She turn she takes the remote, turns off the TV, and throws it. Mm-hmm. Alice has turned on Hal. I was not expecting this. <laughs> Fix her mistake. You did to Polly exactly what you did to me! Dun 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 dun! So basically, they got pregnant, she's had an abortion, this is not cool, there's a lot of life-ruining conversations here. There's also a really weird shove where she, like, choke shoves him at the same time. Well, okay, when she says that you did exactly to her what you did to me... He he says, yeah, I knew you were going to overreact. This is why I didn't involve you. I knew you were going to overreact. What a garbage person. I know. Al says, I will not be a party to raising a baby that has bo- blossom blood. Oh, my God. That's just, like, no. Like, that's too ridiculous. Um, Alice throws him out. She's like, I want you out. And he says, let's not. She's like, you need to leave before we do something we'll both regret by now you you know know what what i'm I'm capable capable of of. which what does that mean (laughs) and then uh uh what hal says what do you what will people think now says i don't care anymore i don't want you here when polly gets home wow i thought hal was gonna leave alice but i'm cool with this no cool because they've they've done a good job over every episode of wearing away at the crazy veneer from her and getting into how much she gives a crap about her kids also polly is not like again polly is completely lucid through this whole episode i i know but she's like we don't get any manic stuff in this again the only way i see that you play that off where she's not actually manic in some way is simply that being isolated in that place with the sisters just drove her nearly insane yeah which is entirely possible 
So, I, you know. Anyway, Hal, Hal needs to leave home. Yep. So now we cut to Archie's room, and he's sadly playing guitar. Because that's what Archie does. Mm-hmm. And Jughead comes up, and uh, he's mm-hmm. just like... I should have trusted you. Yeah. He's like, I, I didn't want to believe that he had any involvement in what was going on. And, you know, I mean, he's my dad, Archie. Archie's like, I get it, I do, but, you know, you can tell me anything. Because, you know, you're... You're like my brother. <laughs> Jughead was a nice bro whisper. <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah, you are my brother. It's very sweet. Aww. And that's and that's what they're calling back to in the previous episode, in the the scene in the beginning, that they yes they are like brothers. That you know they just that's really cute. And it's like you know what what can what can we do right now for for your dad and what's going on? Archie says, pray for a miracle. Mm-hmm. Now we're at FP's trailer. FP is uh, packing up the jacket, uh, Jason's jacket that we previously saw. And in by the his... way, Joaquin is in the trailer with him. Yeah, and he's putting the jacket in a bag, and he says, "We need to keep this. Um, it's good leverage." This is our insurance our in case insurance. everything goes to hell. Everything goes to hell. He gives it to Joaquin. Um, Hide it somewhere where nobody can stash it away, where nobody can find it. Um, and he's just like, "How's it going with the Keller boy?" Is the killer kid buying it? Joaquin, no! Joaquin is a ploy to get close to the sheriff, but Joaquin no. is like, he's like, and he's kind of him and Han, and Effie's like, what? And he goes, he likes me for real. And Effie says, we all have a part to play. This is where I don't think he's actually a drunk. Okay, that's where I, that's where I was thinking you were going. Yeah, he's not actually drunk. Because in this scene, he up. is completely lucid. He is not, Sorry. It's a car outside. Okay. I was like, what was that? <laughs> FP is lucid. He is not drunk. He's not stumbling. He is, his face is very like, he's not been on a bender. I don't think he's a drunk. How much do you want to bet then that that explains, it also explains the whole scene outside the jail where FP is staring at Jughead being like, I, I you know, I, I, I'm going to go straight. I promise you. I'm gonna be I just need, need like a month or two. Mm-hmm. He's got to finish a job. Mm-hmm. And this yeah. is the job. And he needs he needs Jughead to go away. And I think I have a suspicion. Mom, Jughead's mom, knows this is what's going on. And that's part of why she left with Jelly Bean. That's entirely possible. So I don't think FP's a drunk. Um. Yeah, and I feel I feel bad. I think Joaquin actually does like Kevin. Oh yeah. So, but that's gonna, Kevin's gonna find out and it's gonna be sad. But then they'll stay together, maybe. Maybe, but still it's sad. And the, well, his dad's <laughs> gonna find out and freak the F out. Yeah, that's gonna be, no, Joaquin's gonna end up in jail, probably. <sighs> sad. Okay. So, Fred and Hermione are walking down to the construction site, and Hermione's like, you know, I put out calls to the other surrounding cities because Clifford can't have hired every construction crew in the area. And Fred's like, yeah, he could, but we'll just be a two-man crew for now. And they're, they're, he's trying to make light of what's going on. And, and then he, all of a sudden, he hears like, need you? Get, I hear you guys need some help. And it's FP, and he's got a bunch of guys. And he's like, I'm the best foreman you ever had, and I promise I won't, I won't, um, I won't leave you hanging this I time. I won't leave you hanging this time. And for, he's like, well, there's. There's what? a good chance we're going to have some trouble. Can you guys deal with it? He's like, like, we can handle trouble. <laughs> Which is funny. So Fred gets to work, and FP's like, I'm just going to finalize it over here. And he starts walking with Hermione. 
And he's standing there and he's like, so... It wasn't I, my guys. I found out some information. These weren't uh, local forces. Some guy I know up north knows them from Montreal. And Hermione just stops. And he goes, we know who both, we both know who has business in Montreal. And she's like, Hiram? And he's like, it sounds like somebody found out about your romance with Fred Andrews. Maybe you got a whiff of your romance with Fred Andrews? He's like, the bigger question is... Who ratted you out? So, this wasn't Blossom. This was Hiram sabotaging Fred. Yeah. Because of Hermione. But who told Hiram? Who else knows? Who else... Ooh. <gasps> what if it's Hal? Could be Hal. Could that be... Could be, be a lot of people. How would want to hurt the plant? No, that doesn't really hurt the blossoms so much. There are lots of people that could be. It could I be don't. The I'm gonna have to think because this is. I haven't had any time to really think through this. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know because usually I've had like a day or two to be thinking about all the twists and turns. I mean, I, the easy. I've known this for like 30 minutes. <laughs> the easy thing to think is it's Veronica, but there's no way. No. Because uh, Veronica was sitting there when they made the phone call. Yeah. Veronica wouldn't... I don't believe Veronica would do anything that would purposely hurt her... Because this would hurt her mom. Correct. Uh, and it would probably hurt Veronica by backlash by as well. Yes. Um, because her, Veronica has agreed to allow her mom to date Fred Andrews. Like... They negotiated. They negotiated. There's been a settlement. So that doesn't make any sense. It's one of the grown-ups. <gasps> what if it's Reggie? No. He was there. He was at the club. <gasps> it's Mayor McCoy. Could be Mayor McCoy. It's Mayor McCoy because she told. There's no way she doesn't know. It's Mayor McCoy. She pro because because Josie knows. Yeah. Josie knows about Fred Andrews. It's Mayor McCoy. That's a, that's that makes the most sense. And Mary McCoy's already in bed with the lodges. Well, we'll find out, won't we? Mm-hmm. So, uh, Betty's we're we're at Hermione's house. Betty's telling Polly everything that happened, and uh, Polly's just like, I I can't believe she kicked Dad out. Yeah. And but it was like she meant everything she said. She, she wants you home. Mm -hmm. And I was like, the best thing is you can come home now. Yeah. And Polly's looking to the side. She gets out of a cab, and you stupid, stupid girl, you went to Thornhill. So bad. And then we see Alice is just looking at the picture that they took in the in the first sequence of her family, and she's crying, and Betty's crying, and she goes, I'm sorry, Mom, I tried. And we have a really sweet moment where Alice is hugging Betty, and, like, it's sweet. They're shattered. They're the shattered. Whole, and the family is shattered. Yeah. Now, after... Because now, not only is pregnant daughter with the creepy people, dad's gone. Yeah. The whole the family's been ripped apart. Yeah, so this is a whole and mess. And she's gone to Thornhill, and um, you know I, I wish they had used the actual Neil Young version of "Hey Hey My My" into the black, but whatever. The blossoms are fucking creepy. Of course. And the okay. Polly, I, I have, they were just like you know we're we're gonna let you in, and Polly goes, "I'm doing this for my baby." I one of the parents is involved. One of the blossoms is involved with Jason's death, or they already know who killed him. Who knows? That's what I've decided based okay. on based on new information today. All I put was like, "You are a stupid person, Polly. Why are you doing this?" Unless Polly killed him, which is entirely possible. Not plausible, not logical, but possible. Because what if she's insane? To the blossoms, she's just a baby incubator. That's all she is. Yeah. Because the second that baby gets born, they're gonna 
cut her loose. Or kill her. Yeah. Cut her loose can mean a lot of different things. (laughs) But I believe, I'm saying it right now, this is episode eight. You believe? I believe that either Clifford or Penelope, they know who killed Jason and or one of them was actually involved with Jason dying. Who killed Jason Blossom? I don't know that. I also have a feeling Cheryl might know. I don't think Cheryl knows. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm. She was on the bank. She walked him away. Because if she knew, she'd be way more devastated. It makes no sense for Cheryl to know. Yeah. That would be stupid. But she she probably has sussed out that her parents know. She probably wouldn't be surprised to find out her parents killed her brother. Yeah. Had him killed. They would never kill him themselves. That's not their MO. Not likely, no. But yeah, you know, I think one of the parents is involved and I and or they already they already know who did it. We also have no idea how involved Hiram is. I don't think Hiram's involved at all. Why do they have Jason's jacket? That's a serpent thing. I okay, the serpents are involved with Jason's death for sure. Are the they ser- playing are they playing the, both sides? Maybe. The serpents probably know who killed Jason. Or at least FP knows. I bet you FP knows, because he's got Jason's jacket for a reason. Yes. They probably also have the ring. I mean, they're the ones who set the fire. Well, yeah. Because they were watching they, they, Judd, they're the one, and Betty in the forest. Yeah, they, they set fire. They're the ones who set fire. But the, so well, that means they have the ring. The, only, the, the ring. only other <gasps> thing that they could pull is that Jason's not dead. Kevin's going to find the ring. Dun, dun, dun. Kevin, that's gonna be how Kevin figures out that Joaquin is involved. Is is playing? There are neurons firing in your brain so, so fast. <laughs> this is what I do. I'm really good at this. Sorry. Okay. I'm gonna be thinking about this for today. <laughs> it was a really good episode. It w- well, it started off pretty cheesy. To it me. was like, cheesy, but like there there was a lot developed. Once there, shit went down, it this went is down. where like the information bombs that came off felt more organic as opposed to the episode Opening. five Heart of Darkness episode where it was just like all of the stupid family lore we sent her away blah 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 like that was that was poorly done. This was more organic. This felt better. But you know what? what? Still the most satisfying moment of this whole series is when Geraldine Grundy got kicked the fuck out really was. I think you hate Grundy more than I dislike Veronica, the actress. It's entirely possible. I think that's true because I don't like her, but I mean, she's, I've seen worse people on television. I, I literally despise why they did it. There was no reason to have that story. There's no payoff. If there is no payoff to a storyline that controversial, then all it is is gratuitous. And at that point... It's almost offensive. <laughs> so good. I hope we learn red shirt Moose's friend. Red shirt friend of Moose? <laughs> red shirt friend of I want to learn his actual name. <laughs> if you guys know what his actual character name is, please get that to us before we, um, we well, work. If we find We're still going to call him red shirt friend of Moose. That's not going to stop. Also known as. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we have any other hashtags this time? Uh, no. Hashtag what the fuck? (sighs) Hashtag how's a douche. (laughs) 
Hashtag Riverdale Strong. See you guys next time. Bye. That's it for this episode. Please take a moment to review and rate us on iTunes. And for questions and comments, drop us an email at macintoshandmod at gmail.com.